While much of the nation's attention is focused on new medical benefits under the health care overhaul signed into law by President Obama, mental health advocates are stepping up attention to a sweeping law passed in 1998 that just last year in 2010 began providing benefits to millions of patients with addictions, depression, and other mental illness. It's called the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equality Act, which is designed to make mental health services no different than other medical services. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Carolyn Rabinowitz. Dr. Rabinowitz is past president of the American Psychiatric Association and former dean of the Georgetown University School of Medicine. A longtime educator and clinician, Dr. Rabinowitz was also a professor of psychiatry and associate dean of students at Georgetown. Dr. Rabinowitz is a graduate of Wellesley College and Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. She completed her pediatric and general psychiatry training at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. And in addition, she completed a fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry at Children's Hospital in Washington, D.C. She is active and known nationally for her work in psychiatry. We're so happy to have her joining us today from her offices in Washington, D.C. Dr. Carolyn Rabinowitz, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's really interesting because the nation's attention really is so captivated by the so-called health care reform and as it's going to be implemented over the next three or four years or perhaps not depending on your political stripe. But the whole situation with mental illness, which doesn't get attention until we have a crisis like the horrible shooting in Tucson and such, there really are some new benefits for Americans under this act. And if you could just give our listeners a little idea of what this act is about and what it does for doctors and patients. Okay, well, thank you. It's really very exciting, and for me, particularly towards the end of my career, to see that we are finally treating mental illnesses as other illnesses. And we know that mental illnesses are diagnosed and treatable and that we have outcomes and results that certainly show that treatment works, treatment is effective. But it's been very difficult over the years for patients and their families to get insurance coverage that reflects what we know, which is the impact of treatment on mental illness and the long-term cost savings in other medical care as well as in the workforce. So we were very excited when the Federal Parity Act, the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equity Act, or I just call it the Parity Act, was approved. And then when we began getting regulations that really did two things. One is that any health plan that covers mental health and substance use disorders can be no more restrictive than the financial requirements or treatment limitations applied to substantially all medical or surgical med surges, they're called, benefits. So what this means is we can't have a situation where people seeking mental health care have higher co-pays, higher limitations on treatment, limited numbers of days of treatment different things that they have to go through or that their providers have to go through in terms of paperwork that are different from what people with other medical conditions who are seeing non-psychiatric physicians are going through. And in a way, it's such that, so if I, let's just say I slip on the ice and I hurt my knee and I go into my primary care doctor and have a copay, then that should be, you know, just if I'm feeling a little blue because of the you know, cloudy, overcast weather, I should be able to go to my 
mental health professional and get care and not be limited in that. Right, and one of the first things that took place was the recognition that there weren't going to be two separate deductibles. You know, most health plans have some sort of individual or family deductible. For example, uh, at the beginning of each year, the plan says you have to incur X amount of dollars expense before anything gets reimbursed. Well, one of the things that was tried by several insurance companies was to have two separate deductibles, one for psychiatric medical care, mental health, substance use care, and the other for all other medical surgical care. And that seemed to us to be outrageous because that really went against the focus of the law and the benefit of the law, which was to protect consumers. This doesn't make physicians, psychiatrists any more well-to-do, but it allows patients better access to care. Or, for example, under Medicare, and this is still being put into place in a stepwise phenomenon, under Medicare, outpatient care requires a 20% copay generally. But until this legislation came into effect, outpatient care for psychiatric concerns was a 50% copay. Now, this is changing, and over the next few years, this is improving stepwise until it will be on par with other medical care. But just the discriminatory copay made it less likely that people were going to go for care or gave a subtle message to people that medical care for mental disorders wasn't valuable or wasn't worthwhile. Of course, ironically, under Medicare, just to compound the issue, was that the copay, which was there for outpatient care, inpatient care was treated uh, in a different way. So it seemed sometimes better for the patient financially to be hospitalized at greater insurance cost and much more difficulties for the patient and the family. But in terms of the out-of-pocket expenses, it could be less expensive for the patient to be hospitalized than to be receiving ambulatory care in in the community. So some of this was really not well thought through, and this is an opportunity to provide care in the best environment for patients and their families and to minimize handicaps or any way that stops access to care for people who want and need it. Well, if you're just joining us, and even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Carolyn Rabinowitz. Dr. Rabinowitz is past president of the American Psychiatric Association, and while the nation is captivated by the promise and hopes and perhaps even pitfalls of health care reform, there's actually a new law that's already in place called the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equality Act, and we're just talking with Dr. Rabinowitz about that. And Dr. If you will. What were some of the hurdles that just your average uh, mental health professional would go up against that now is no longer because of this act? Well, let me give you a fairly recent one, and that is that many patients, and this is a hurdle for patients as well, many patients who wanted to access mental health care, the physician was required to get a pre-authorization for care, a pre-authorization that required a certain amount of paperwork that didn't provide anything particularly helpful to the patient, that took time, that took effort but more importantly, served as a hurdle for both patient and provider. Since this law has been passed, we've now dealt with several insurance commissioners in the state of Illinois, is perhaps the one you know the best, right. but this is happening elsewhere, where the requirements for reporting uh, every four months, every six months, or prior to any care have been struck down because we're not asking for these similar reporting to take place for people who are going to their primary care physician or going to their ophthalmologist for routine eye care or for any other kind of medical care. 
when you're talking mental health care, I don't know if stigma is the right word, but you don't want a patient to have any second thoughts about coming to see a health professional. And if they have to call an insurance company, as what they were attempting to do, Blue Cross of Illinois, and then they backed away from it, if you have to call an insurance company, the patient's going to think, you know what, I don't really want anybody to know that I've got this situation. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Well, that's a big piece of it. First off, that someone has to get permission to seek medical care in general can make some people wonder, why do I need permission for this? Is, is this something weird? Is this something unusual? Is this something that my insurance company thinks may not be good for me? It certainly raises negative thoughts in anybody's minds. And there's a whole history in our country and indeed in the world of uh, stigma about mental illness. And although I like to think that much of what we know about mental illness and its treatment and its treatment effectiveness has modified that, it's still very clear that some people are fearful of stigma of being known that they have a mental illness or that they're seeking treatment. And anything that gets in the way may be just enough to keep people from seeking care or postpone when they seek care. Well, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, the insurance companies, everybody looks at insurers, and you want to think they're doing the right thing, and they look at, like, wanting to check, and they say that, well, you know, if somebody calls in there, we're better managing their care. But generally, the hurdles were for outpatient care, which you want people to get so it doesn't cost as much down the road. Isn't that where a lot of the hurdles were? Certainly. That's been where a lot of the hurdles are. And we really try whenever possible to treat people in the community, to provide outpatient care, to help people do their usual work, their usual routine, to work with patients and their families, to help keep them as productive as possible. So outpatient care is a lot less expensive. And it also allows us to look at what's best for the patient, not what does the insurance company think is best for the patient, but what's best for the patient. And unfortunately, when you speak with the insurance company representatives, many of whom are not that uh, senior clinicians, and they have to provide, quote, approval so that the patient can be reimbursed for care or care can be extended under their policy, it's not that they're interested. They don't seem interested in what's best for the patient or why we're moving in a particular way, but rather, what's the cost? And sometimes it's a little silly. I had one patient who had bipolar disorder, was very depressed, and I saw this patient every day. By seeing the patient every day, I was able to keep him out of the hospital. And you're talking an inpatient psychiatric stay could be several thousand dollars a day. Absolutely. And I was seeing him every day alone with his family members, and we got through a very serious, depressed time. And this lasted for about 10 days. I submitted the paperwork to the insurance company, and no one will be surprised that the insurance company, of course, turned it down. The insurance company said I could see this person once a week at most. And when I wrote back and pointed out how much money I had saved by not having the patient in the hospital, the response of the insurance company was, we don't reimburse for psychoanalysis. Well, I'm not a psychoanalyst. I wasn't doing psychoanalysis. (laughs) But the insurance company, and we went through three or four iterations. I never did get paid the patient, never did get reimbursed. But the point was that they weren't thinking of what was best for the patient and how we avoided a hospitalization, saved a great deal of money. They were operating on criteria that this is your diagnosis. You can have once-a-week treatment at most. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens. It, you know, if I fall on the ice and break my leg and have to go back to the orthopedist two days later, nobody says, 
no, you shouldn't be able to do that. You have to wait for a week before you can go back. So some of this is not patient-based, not clinically based, and consequently, the Act itself, and for that matter, the provisions of the new Act, the Affordable Care Act, the so-called Obamacare, is really designed to protect patients, to protect them from being denied insurance or care because of a pre-existing condition, being denied care because they have a disease that isn't covered under their policy. This is sort of a one-two punch that really will allow patients to get the care they need in the least restrictive way possible and help move them on towards health. And do you think that a lot of primary care physicians are aware of this? I mean, that if under the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equality Act, that essentially they can refer to you without having to go through a gatekeeper? I think that this is somewhat unevenly known because people are so used to having to get authorization and primary care doctors often have to get authorization for almost anything in some policies that as this has prevented some of the inequities and some of the hurdles, I think the information hasn't necessarily made it down to the primary care doctors in practice. And so for our primary care docs and you know patients listening, it's just like uh, orthopedic. You've got a patient who has an issue that you thought you might be able to treat with a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, didn't work out, and now you want to send them to a specialist. It's the same thing. And you would be able to refer to a specialist in psychiatry and mental health. Is that pretty much what we're talking about? Absolutely. And I also think for patients and for primary care physicians, I think if they run into a problem or feel that they are being in some ways inappropriately treated or that their insurance policy seems to be discriminating in some way, telling them that there's a specific copay that's greater or that they have to incur so much expense before they'll be covered or that they can only have X number of visits, there is a website they can go to that their provider can go to. Either well, that would be great. Care physician, and it's called, it's, it's a long name, it's called the Mental Health Parity Watch, and it's mentalhealthparitywatch.org. Mm-hmm. All one word. All one word. And if they're not clear and have a question, they can email info, I-N-F-O, at mentalhealthparitywatch.org. Or if they want to do this by telephone, there is a toll-free number, 1-888-882-6227. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Carolyn Rabinowitz, who's been our guest. She's the past president of the American Psychiatric Association, and we've been talking about the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equality Act, not only new rights and benefits for patients, but also perhaps easier access for physicians, for their patients, when it comes to mental health. And my name is Bruce Japson. I'm your host. You've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please check us out at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.